With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. January 26 marked the one-year anniversary of the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, a day where we all stop to celebrate greatness and remember a legend. Kobe will soon be remembered forever at the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts, as he is set to be enshrined as a first ballot Hall of Famer later this year. January 26 was also supposed to be a day where we celebrated greatness in baseball. Tuesday was the culmination of Hall of Fame ballot season, with the announcement of the 2021 Hall of Fame class set to take place. However, baseball once again couldn't get out of its own way and left itself with an embarrassing headline. There will be no players inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2021. This is only the fourth time this has happened under the format installed in 1968, but it is the second time in the last 10 years. To me, it exposes a flawed system that gives control to self-important people who want to feel power over players that they have issues with for a number of reasons. Whether it's the 14 blank ballots that were submitted or the five-minute-long ballot reveal videos, it's clear voters feel their opinions are more important than the honor they have been given the power to bestow. So much so that the writers decided to pack it in and take the year off because their Hall of Fame is so sacred that on a ballot with 25 tremendous players, they apparently couldn't find one worthy of election. So the wait goes on for Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, the greatest player and arguably the greatest pitcher the game has ever seen. We wait to see in Bonds and Clemens' 10th and final year of eligibility, whether the gatekeepers let them in or if the writer's inconsistency and self-importance keeps two of the greatest players to ever play the game from entering the hall. In this episode, we'll be looking at what this year's results mean for Bonds and Clemens' chances on their final try, as well as what the rest of the results mean for the future of all the candidates. This is Big Hall Talk. Welcome to Big Hall Talk, everybody. I'm Ethan Badowski, and I don't care how many players make the Hall of Fame so long as the right ones do. Uh, except this year. Yeah, I care a lot this year about what happened with the Hall of Fame and how many players got in because nobody got in. And baseball just kind of continues to shoot themselves in the, f- in the foot with this Hall of Fame class of zero. Um, but let's, let's kind of like break it down, take a closer look at what went wrong, take a look at some of the results. I kind of saw this coming in a way before, you know, ballot season. Um, because you could just kind of see, based on the way things shook out last year, it was going to be a huge mountain to climb for Bonds and Clemens, but you thought maybe on a weaker ballot they could sneak in. And Schilling was the most likely. Um, He had 70% of the vote last year, um, but he still comes up 16 votes away, and and we'll talk about exactly what went wrong there. So um, Schilling was the highest vote getter. He was the highest vote getter last year behind um, Jeter and Larry Walker, who got in. So it looked like this was his year. Um, But he, uh, like I said, he comes up 16 votes away. And what happened here is um, this is one of those um, character issue cases um, where Kurt Schilling has said a lot of things in the past that I strongly, strongly disagree with. Um, And, This year, it kind of went to a new level 
Um, he has had some really radical ideas that got him fired at ESPN. Um, just some crazy ways of thinking. Um, I, I believe he retweeted something about hanging journalists back in the day. Um, and then recently with the insurrection at the Capitol, he spoke out in support of the insurrection at the Capitol. Um, and that was really kind of final straw. I think for a lot of people, it was actually after balloting season, uh, ballots were due. And one article that I read from Greg Cody of the Miami Herald said that he wished he tried to get his vote back, as I'm sure a lot of people did, after what Schilling said about the insurrection at the United States Capitol. Um, so it, there's a lot here with Schilling. It's um, a loaded case, what we're dealing with here. Um, and, and I've always kind of said that... Um, it's not the voters place to be the character police it's not for them to judge what kind of people the you know these players are it's just to judge how good they were at baseball and whether their baseball merits were worthy of them being in the hall of fame and this isn't about shilling you know being a vocal supporter of donald trump i you know don't i mean it's not my favorite thing but i don't have a you know, a problem with that in terms of him getting into the Hall of Fame. Mariano Rivera was playing baseball without masks during a pandemic with Donald Trump on baseball opening day. Um, to me, it's not the idea that he's with Trump. You know, he supports Trump. It's what he said. And this was really kind of a final straw for me. And it really, you know, I don't have an official ballot. But when the ballot comes out next year, I'll really have to think about whether um, on my hypothetical ballot, Schilling would be on it. So when the results came out, Schilling obviously, um, you know, plays this kind of victim martyr card where he um, feels that he's been wronged in some way. And he came out and asked to not be included on the ballot next season. Um, in a statement, I'll just read part of this statement that he wrote. He said, he will not be I will not be participating in the final year of voting. I'm requesting requesting to be removed from the ballot i'll defer to the veterans committee and men whose opinions actually matter and who are in a position to actually judge a player which is just kind of um pointing out the whole problem here that he thinks his views align more with the guys on the veterans committee so he knows they'll give him a better chance to get in which is kind of um ridiculous and 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 he's just kind of playing this liberal quote-unquote liberal media card here that um i think is totally unfair to the voters um and then the rest of his statement was just where it kind of really went off the rails he said quote i've played with wife beaters adulterers assaulters drug addicts and alcoholics i've never hit a woman driven drunk done drugs peds or otherwise assaulted anyone or committed any sort of crime but i'm now somehow in a conversation with two men who cheated and instead of being accountable they choose chose to destroy others lives to protect their lie i will always have one thing they will forever chase a legacy so Schilling basically admitted that he thinks that taking steroids um, is worse than supporting a terrorist attack on the United States Capitol, which agree to disagree if you see that differently than I do or if you see the events of January 6th differently than I do. But that's basically what Schilling is telling you here. And to me, that's what has Schilling in this position in the first place is that he's been very unforgiving and very hostile about this is the way I think and you're not going to change that. And I think it's what's getting him in trouble. And I think it's what's going to end up keeping him out of the Hall of Fame. Um, he only got 1.1% of the vote 
uh, more of the vote from last year when people thought he would get in this year. So I, I really think Schilling's in a lot of trouble here, and I don't think that what he's done here with asking to be taken off the ballot and and started picking a fight with the BBWA is going to get him any help. Um, the BBWA did already release a statement where they said, um, you know, they requested for the Hall of Fame to not um, submit to Schilling's requests. They want him to stay on the ballot, um, and I think he will, and I think he'll be hurt by his actions um, as he's been in the past. So to me, I don't think Schilling gets in. Um, I, you know, I thought he was going to maybe get in this year. I thought this was he he had the best chance for sure. Um, but I'm not sure he gets in next year. And and I think that his he really kind of did it to himself, and he really kind of has nobody to blame except him. Um, and and like I said, you can agree to disagree with me on this one, and I hate you know bringing politics into this, but it's impossible to escape because politics and sports have become overlapped so much in our society. So, to me, Schilling, maybe, um, but I I don't see it happening next year. Uh, I think that he has kind of dug his own grave here, and and he's going to have to sleep in it. Um, And and so, you know, we'll have to see. It'll certainly be uh, fascinating to see what happens in this coming year um, with him. Moving on to the next guys up on the ballot, and these are obviously the two big names, um, Bonds and Clemens. This was also their ninth years on the ballot. Barry Bonds is the greatest player to ever play the game. Clemens is arguably the greatest pitcher to ever uh, grab a ball. Um, And to me, there's no Hall of Fame without either of those guys. Um, You know, if if they're kept out, I think the integrity of the whole thing kind of goes away. Um, but you know, we'll see, uh, you know, it, it, it really is kind of, to me, I, I understand that the, why, you know, these people, you know, plenty of these writers have said no PED guys, that's it. That's it. Um, you know, the end of it and, and PED guys are going to struggle no matter what. Um, but Pudge was linked to PEDs and he's in the hall of fame and I'm pretty sure he was a first ballot hall of famer. Um, so that's where I kind of find these inconsistencies, and it'll be interesting with A-Rod, who's kind of restored his public Im- uh, image after his admission to taking PEDs. He's on the ballot next year, and so it'll be very interesting to see how they do going up against each other. Um, A-Rod's not going to get in first ballot. I highly doubt it because of his connection to PEDs. But Bonds and Clemens, neither of them ever actually failed the test. There's strong evidence, and we all believe it, but neither of them have actually failed the test, and there are guys that have failed tests in the Hall of Fame. But let's take a result, uh, look at their results from this year. So Bonds got 61.8%. Clemens got 61.6% of the vote. Um, so I think Bonds actually got exactly one more vote than Clemens. Bonds was up 1.1% from last year. Clemens was up 0.6%. Um, the problem, they're not really gaining a lot of voters. The people that vote for them, vote for them, and the people that don't aren't doing it. Um, Bonds gained, netted two votes on the public ballot, ballot and um, Clemens netted one vote on the public ballot. So it's hard to really tell. You know, We don't know a lot about the private vote um, unless they're revealed afterwards. So it's hard to know, how, you know, where the votes were gained, um, but not a lot of help. And and we thought that maybe in this ninth year on a weak ballot that they would get some help, but they still sit um, 15%, you know, whatever, 13% shy of the vote. Um, 
yeah, I'm bad at math. 13% shy of election. And we've seen jumps like this before. It's not an unprecedented jump, but they are different than Larry Walker, who was simply held out because he played at a hitter-friendly ballpark, which, I mean, was ridiculous. But it's it's different because there weren't, you know, never Coors guys. There are never steroids guys that will never vote for guys linked to steroids, and that's just how it is. Bonds and Clemens have some of the strongest links, but again, there are steroid guys in the Hall of Fame. Now, will they be able to make this jump? That's a different question. Uh, I'm not really sure, but I kind of think that there's this idea that among voters that somehow holding them out until the 10th year is a punishment and they're going to say, I'm going to make you wait. Um, I think it's dumb. I don't like that concept. I think if you're going to vote for a guy, vote for them um, when it's when you deem it necessary. Um, to me, it's part of that feeling of self-importance, wanting to feel like they have control where they can keep you out and you're going to have to deal with it. But We'll let you in eventually. And if you're going to let them in eventually, then just let them in right away because both of these guys are first ballot quality Hall of Famers. So we'll see. Um, I personally am hopeful. I want both of these guys to get in, especially Bonds, you know, being a giant legend. Um, I, I would love to, you know, both of these guys deserve to be in. And I want the integrity of the Hall of Fame to be upheld. And in order for that to happen in my mind, I think you need these two guys. Um, so... There's some trouble at the top right now. It won't be easy for um, either of these, you know, three guys to get in. Um, they're they're going to need some help, but I'm hopeful on Bonds and Clemens. Let's move down the ballot now. There was a lot of so that was some bad that happened. There's a lot of good that happened on the ballot as well this year. And let's talk about some guys that had some really really good years on the ballot. Um, you know, some big risers. The first one is Scott Rowland, a guy whose case I love. I personally believe that on paper, Rowland could have the third best case behind Bonds and Clemens from a sheer baseball standpoint. Um, 65 war type guy, um, eight gold gloves, one more gold glove than Larry Walker. Um, as many as Bonds or one more than Bonds. Um, just an absolutely outstanding player. He did great this year. Um, and he's been doing really good the last two years. Um, and, and he is on a good track to get in. So he was the fourth highest vote getter this year. He got 52.9% of the vote, up 17.6% from last season. Um, if you look at his totals, he's increased every year. His first year, he had 10.2%. He went up 7% to 172 in his second year. Then he took a big leap from 17.2 to 35.3. And then again, the 17-point leap that he took this year. So uh, if you average up the jumps that he's had in his four years on the ballot he's pacing extremely well and if he averages this same kind of jump um, I don't have the number in front of me I didn't write it down but I did the math and if he paces like he's pacing right now two to three years from now will be really interesting for Scott Rowland in terms of we could be looking at him getting in and I think that at this rate with six more years on the ballot he's in really really good position I think Scott Rowland will be a Hall of Famer which is very good because he deserves to be the next one Todd Helton this is another big one this 
Helton um, was an, is another Coors guy like Larry Walker was. His his case isn't as strong as Larry's, but his case will benefit a lot from the fact that Larry got in and kind of broke that ceiling of guys that played at Coors getting in. Helton played at Coors more than Larry did. He played his entire career there, and also his splits were a little more egregious than Larry's was. But Todd Helton is a Hall of Famer at the end of the day. Um, one of the greatest first basemen of his generation. Just a model of consistency. And he is looking very, very good. In his third year, he's actually ahead of where Roland was in his third season. He's got 44.9% of the vote this year. He was up 15.7% from last year. And he was actually the highest um, vote. He netted the most votes on the public ballot. I ballot. I have 34 he, written here, but I think it was actually 35. I think I saw on the trackers Twitter tonight that it's actually 35. That's the most of any player. Um, he had a thir- nearly a 13-point jump from year one to year two. So he's jumping somewhere between 13 and 15%. Um, he will also be inducted in two to three seasons him and Roland could be on a pace to get in together if they continue at this same pace and I think again seven years on the ballot left looking very very good for Todd hate for TH Todd Helton I think he is a hall of famer let's look at next at Billy Wagner we're getting more deep deeper into the ballot but this was a big riser and this is a guy that should be a big riser because he should be a hall of famer he is to me and I think to a lot of people probably the greatest left-handed reliever of all time and to me that you know that's blatant if you're the best land left-handed reliever ever then why are you not in the hall of fame already there should be a place for relievers we talked about this I believe on the last episode. But anyway, I think Billy Wagner um, should be in the Hall of Fame. And his this year helped him a lot. Um, this this would, you know, it's going to be close. Um, we'll see, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain that in a second. So this year he got 46.4% of the vote. He's up 14.7% from last year. Um, a very nice jump. The third highest jump on the ballot. Uh, yes, the third highest jump on the ballot. He netted 29 votes on the public ballots. Ballots. That's really good. And he was also a darling among first-time voters. First-time voters were a very big fan of um, Billy Wagner. So let's look at his year-over-year totals. Um, he hovered around this 10.5 number in his first three years. He went 10.5, 10.2, 10.5. So he was just kind of milling around in the ocean, just kind of staying afloat. Um, and then year four, he had a six-point jump. And then from year four to year five, he had a 15-point jump. And that was when it really all happened for Wagner, and that is what has him on a very good pace. And that pace right now is nine a 9% increase per year. So if he continues at this 9% increase per year, which actually right now it's above nine, you know, he went up uh, 15 points and then he went up 14, again, almost 15 points this year. Um, that would take him about three years to get in. And so he's going to kind of cut it close because maybe one year he doesn't get that big increase. You know, there's no guarantee that he's going to be continue to increase 15% every year. But right now, if he averages that nine that he's averaged over his um, time on the ballot, he would sneak in in his ninth season or in his ninth year on the ballot. So he would just squeak by 
this one is going to be really close because you don't know um, how it happens. You know, you don't know whether he's going to continue to get these big, um, you know, double-digit jumps. So um, it, it's going to be interesting for Wagner. But again, I think that a lot of first-time voters are high on Billy Wagner. I think a lot of people are starting to wake up to the fact that Billy Wagner should be in the Hall of Fame and he's got some time. It's looking okay. Uh, he's he's going to need to keep doing very well, but if he gets that 9%, you, that's a number to look for with Wagner is 9% um, increase every year. Moving on to the next guy who I think is another guy who has one of the strongest um, cases on the ballot, and that is Andrew Jones. Andrew is in his fourth year on the ballot this year. Um, and he had a very nice year. One of again another big riser on the ballot. So he got 33.9% of the vote um, this year. It was up 14.5% from last year. He his first two years were 7.3 and 7.5%. Then he got a 12 point jump from year two to year three, and then a 14 point jump um, um, this year. So he's had two big jumps in a row, and he got votes from more than half of the first-time voters in the public section. So again, this is another guy that's a darling among first-time voters. As as voters get younger and they start valuing analytics and other things more, Jones is becoming more and more popular. And one thing that I want to refer people to is um, there's a, an account on Twitter that I love, and I don't know who the guy is. I wish I could shout him out. Um, but he runs a great Twitter account where it's it's dedicated to the fact that Andrew Jones is a Hall of Famer, and it is because he's a Hall of I, – I believe that he is a Hall of Famer. So he has so far you know, the results in their bio. It has the results, and it has goals for each year. He hopes that in 2027, which I believe would be the ninth – year maybe um he hopes that by then andrew would be inducted his first year on the ballot was 2018 so maybe that would be his 10th and final season um but anyway right now the goal for 2021 for him was 33 percent and the goal next year was 35 percent or was sorry the goal for this year was 30 percent and the goal for next year is 35 percent andrew received 33 percent this year so he's ahead of pace this year and he's almost ahead of pace for next season in terms of the goals that this particular guy who has done a lot of research um, from following the account has done a ton of research about the hall of fame has in mind in terms of the targets that he wants to be at so it's looking really good for jones Um, i did the math he's averaging since his first big boost um, he's averaging a 13.2 percent boost uh, uh, again each year which would take three years at the current pace so he would get in on his seventh year on the ballot it'll probably slow down um at some point there'll he'll hit a limit of where you know the these you know all the guys that are voting for him or will vote for him kind of you know have already been voting him for him for a few years so i think that will slow down a little bit i don't think it'll take three years for andrew but he's on a good pace. There, there's a good number that he's been getting the last few years. And if he can continue to work above these target numbers, um, you know, it, it that that um, at in the the at for everybody that would like to follow is at HOF Jones um, to see the targets. If he keeps working above these targets, Andrew 
is is cruising home and I think and I hope that he'll end up in Cooperstown. So those are the big risers, but let's take a look at some of the guys that had some trouble this year on the ballot and could be in trouble in the future. The biggest one was Omar Vizquel. He is boy is he a controversial um, case just among baseball fans from a baseball p- perspective, but it got um, even more complicated this year um, when some domestic violence allegations came out against Omar Vizquel. And obviously for a lot of people, this is one of those things like shilling where you draw the line and you say this guy is not getting in. Um, I already didn't believe Vizquel was a Hall of Famer, but if I did, um, it would certainly be that's certainly something that needs um, evaluating. So the details are unfolding, and it could and, and it hurt his case this year. He was the only player on the ballot that lost votes. He was down three and a half percent from last year. He got forty nine point one percent of the vote this year. He was looking great. Um, he was looking like he could get in in the next few years. Um, but ooh, it's tough now. Um, this is and this domestic violence case is certainly going to make it more interesting. Um, he actually appeared on 60% of the private ballots, which was second only to Kurt Schilling. So if that doesn't show you the kind of discrepancy between voters that vote publicly and voters that vote privately, um, I don't know what will. But Vizquel's in some trouble. Um, it, it, and and he, um, it's going to be really tough for him right now. This may have been a significant step back for him and and surely if more details emerge that are damning for him it's not going to help him at all and it could completely erase any chance he has and should of getting into the hall of fame um so this is going to be one to keep an eye on obviously you know the details of the story are something to keep an eye on and and i like i said he was on a great pace it looked like he was certainly going to get there within a few years but this is a significant step back and it should be. Um, the next one, Gary Sheffield. He's in a seventh, his seventh year on the ballot. This is a Marlins guy. He could be the best chance the Marlins have of somebody wearing a Marlins hat for a long, long time in the Hall of Fame. But he's in a bit of trouble. Um, um, he, he got 40.6% of the vote this year. It was up 10% from last year. Um, from year five to year six, so before the year before this one, he got a 16.9% jump. That's massive. That's one of you know the bigger ones that you will see. Um, he's averaging a 13.5% jump over the last two seasons. So if he continues at that kind of pace where he's jumping double digits every year, he would get in on the final ballot. But it's going to be close because... Ballots could become crowded soon. There's a lot of good players that have to be added to the ballot in the next few years, and so it could be tough. But the question really comes down to, will crowded ballots hurt Sheffield? Will he slow down a bit, a bit, or will he continue to take these big jumps? And if he does, if he's pacing above 13.5 um, for the next three years on the ballot, he will get in on the final ballot. So I don't really want to say that he's in a ton of trouble, um, because it, it's kind of on the edge, but it, it's not looking fantastic for Gary right now. He's going to be really cutting it close, which is why I say he's in trouble, because it's probably going to be one that goes down to the final ballot. 
to me, Sheffield Hall of Famer in. Um, the next one, K- Jeff Kent. This is one that really, uh, I don't see it. He's going to be going into his ninth year on the ballot next year. He only got 32% of the vote this year, and it was only a four, a 5% increase um, from, from last year. Um, he would need to average a 21.3% jump in the next two years in order to make it. That's a Larry Walker-like jump, and it, it might even be more significant than what Larry had to do. So Kent's in a lot of trouble. I don't see it. I think, to me, I talked about this line this line between the Hall of Fame and the Hall of Very Good, and to me, Kent was just above the Hall of Very Good, but apparently a lot of people see it differently than I do. I, it would, um, and, and, and so I, I, I don't see it with Ken. Um, Sammy Sosa, brutal one, brutal one. Um, ninth year on the ballot, only 17% of the vote, just a three-point jump from last year. There's, no, there's really just no chance. Um, it would take a miracle. Um, it, 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 it's very, very bleak for uh, Swingin' Sammy. It would need 50... Uh, 58% increase if I'm doing that math right um, you know the, with Sammy he was a great player but he and he had a great peak one of the best peaks that we've seen but it was a little egregious in terms of the fact that he was his, his supposed steroid boost is a little egregious in terms of the fact that he was pretty average until those years where he was, um, you know, in the home run race with McGuire, and he, he had an incredible, incredible peak around, you know, 898 to like 02, I believe. Um, for some people, that home run race with McGuire is iconic enough to the point where he should get in, but it doesn't look like it's going to be Sammy probably, you know, <laughs> there there's a very, very, very small chance, if any, that he gets in next year. I don't see it happening. And sadly, Sammy Sosa probably won't end up a Hall of Famer. Manny Ramirez is is in his fifth year on the ballot this year. He got just 28.2% of the vote. He did he had no change from last year. Um so Viscal was the only guy that dropped, and Manny is the only guy that did any worse than him because he didn't have any change. Um, he's been hovering around this mark for a few years now, somewhere between 22, 22 and 28%. So he's yet to receive any big boosts, and he's got four years on the ballot left, uh, five years on the ballot left. Um, so, you know, he's tested positive for PEDs twice. He's yet to receive a major boost. I don't see it coming it might i think manny's a hall of famer um you know i would vote for him but i you know he's got 68 war or something but it's prob it's looking very very it's it's a tall hill to climb for manny right now andy pettit a guy that i thought maybe could really get have a good year um 13 percent nearly 14% of the vote this year up only 2.5% from last year he's increased about 2% each year so um, he's been on the this is his third year on the ballot so he's going to need to start picking up the pace a little bit he's kind of on this Jones pace or this Wagner pace where he was sitting around and Jones was kind of sitting around but um, he's going to need some big jumps here in the next few years or else it's a really really small chance um, for Andy Pettit. Then one more guy that I want to talk about is Bobby Abreu. Um, this was just his second year on the ballot. He got 8.7 of the vote 
percent of the vote last year uh, or this year, excuse me, up three point two percent from last year. It's really too early to tell with Bobby Abreu. This is only his second year on the ballot. He barely survived. He got five and a half percent in year one. Usually that doesn't bode well, um, but. I think a lot of people kind of hope that Bobby would take a bigger jump than just three percent last um, this year, especially um, my boy Danielle, who's out there, Danielle Alvarez Montes, who will be on the pod coming soon, probably to talk about Bobby Abreu. Um, so I think a lot of people were hoping that he would take a bigger jump, and I thought that he might take one as well, but only three percent. It, like I said, it's too early to tell. So I'm putting him in the in trouble section because he's kind of in this in between where he's not a first timer. He obviously didn't have a big jump, but it's too early to call. Like I'm sounding like MSNBC on election night. It's too early to call right now in terms of whether Bobby Abreu has a really good shot. Um, but he's going to need some help. In, you know, maybe around year four, year five, he's going to start needing some boosts. Um, if he's going to have a shot and maybe as these ballots become a little less crowded or, you know, um, as, as people see it more fit for him to be, um, you know, a fourth ballot or whatever people do where they decide, you know, he's a fourth ballot or a seventh ballot, which to me is ridiculous. If you, you know, if you if you think a guy's a Hall of Famer, then vote for him. You know, it doesn't matter what year. Um, maybe some, you know, down the road, he'll start getting more love. But um Right now, like I said, too early to tell, but not the year a lot of people were hoping for, so I'm putting him in this in trouble section. Moving on to the last guys that we're going to talk about, and these are the first timers. We're just going to kind of run through these really quickly. Um, this is pretty easy. There were three guys that survived the f- their first time on the ballot. Mark Burley got 11% of the vote. I think this is setting a really, really good baseline for him. That's higher than... Um, Billy Wagner got and in his first year. So I think that's a really good number for Mark Burley, better than I was expecting. Um, you know, I want to see next year what kind of p- pace he creates. If this 11% is just the people that believe strongly in him um, and, and, and will ride with him, or if there are going to be people that, you know, didn't think he was a first ballot guy, but now that it's past the first ballot, They'll start putting him on their ballots or depending on the way the ballot shapes up. But I think this is a great number for Mark Burley. And, um, you know, I'm not saying he will get in. We have to create some precedent and see some kind of pace from him. So we'll watch out for that number next year. Tory Hunter, this was a really, really interesting one. Tory Hunter was under 5% on the public ballot. So he would have fallen off if it were just for the public ballot. But the private ballots, he was one of the... He did some of the best on the private ballot, um, getting 15.9% of the vote on the public ballot, um, or on the private ballot, excuse me. So that saved him and actually got him up to 9.5%, which I think is a pretty good number, um, better than I was expecting for Tory Hunter. I think he deserved to stay on the ballot. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. To me, if Jeff Kent is just above the line that is the Hall of Very Good. Tory Hunter is just below it into the Hall of Very Good. I don't think he's quite a Hall of Famer, um, but he's a good player, and I like Tory. I liked watching him, so it's good to see him stay on the ballot, and I think he deserved to. Um, you know, his chances I don't think are very high. Um, Tim Hudson, and this is, you know, there's one of these every year. 
he barely survived the ballot. He got even less of the public ballot than Hunter. He was also saved um, by the private ballot. It'll see how, you know, it'll be interesting to see how long he can stay on. I'm not sure. There's probably, you know, if you start out at 5.2%, it's really tough. Oh, I just gave away the number. I was going to try and have a dramatic reveal of the number, but I just gave it away. If you're just above 5%, it's really tough, um, you know, to, if you just barely survive like that. It's really tough to see you getting in down the line. I don't think Hudson is a Hall of Famer, but he was an enjoyable pitcher, and he was really good for the Giants. So to me, it's nice to see him stay on the ballot. But yes, he is the bare, the the barely survived guy this year. He got 5.2% of the vote. He got like 4% of the public vote. So he just snuck in and stays on. Um, the rest of the guys on the first year, you know, there are always some guys that don't, you know, it's just how it is. They don't have a good case, um, and and they they're on you know for recognition. And these are the guys that have fallen off: um, Aramis Ramirez, Latroy Hawkins, Barry Zito, AJ Burnett, Michael Kadire, Dan Heron, who had a really good tweet um, in response to all that went down with Kurt Schilling and him getting removed. Heron is a Hall of Fame tweeter, by the way, Um, but he tweeted, according to Twitter, I was not elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. They will tell me I'm taken off the ballot next year, but I'd like first to announce that I'm removing myself from next year's ballot and any going forward. Hashtag zero percent. Shout out to Dan Heron, Marlon Legend, uh, great guy, great Twitter account, um, Hall of Fame tweeter. Recommend following him at iThrow88. Sadly, he did not receive any Hall of Fame votes. He fell off along with Nick Swisher and Shane Victorino. So let me go through that again. Aramis Ramirez, Latoy Hawkins, Barry Zito, AJ Burnett, Michael Kadire, Dan Heron, Nick Swisher, Shane Victorino. All very good players. All had great careers, um, but all falling off the hall of fame ballot this year um next next time we'll start um that wraps up the ballot for 2021 that's it that is all the guys we covered all of them talked about all of them um and you know that was a lot of numbers so it might have been tough to follow um but you know if if you want to take a look at the numbers they are out there the bbwa released the full results um and also i highly recommend following ryan thibodeau um, he does the Hall of Fame tracker. Um, let me find his Twitter handle for everybody out there. Um, it is at not Mr. Tibbs, T-I-B-B-S, not Mr. Tibbs on Twitter. He is the official Hall of Fame tracker, and he is great. Um, he has the full spreadsheet linked in his bio. Highly recommend taking a look at it. That's where I got all of my information from today. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing to follow. So, no, again, no Hall of Famers this year. We'll see how it shapes up next year. Next year's going to be a very, very interesting ballot in terms of A-Rod and Big Poppy are two of the biggest names that will be on the ballot next year. Uh, I'm just going to take a look at it again here. Um, the potential 2022 Hall of Fame ballot um, includes first-timers Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, Mark Teixeira, Jimmy Rollins, Carl Crawford, Jake Peavy, Coco Chris, Justin Morneau, 
Uh, Prince Fielder's another name. Tim Lincecum's another name. AJ Persinski's another name. Ryan Howard. Um, and, and on down the line, there are some other guys that you know could make the ballot, um, but we won't know until around November. But in the meantime, we will be running Big Hall Talk. It'll be we'll be running year round. Next time we'll be starting with cases. So let me know which ones you want to hear. Um, let me, you know I'm open. You know there are about 15 cases um, that I think are legitimate and that deserve to be discussed. Um, and then obviously once the next ballot rolls around, we'll start talking about those. But again, let me know what you guys want to hear. I want to give you the guys, the content that you guys want to hear. I sound like a YouTuber, such a typical YouTuber or podcaster right now, but it's really true. So tell me who you want to hear first. You want to hear Andre Jones? You want to hear Gary Sheffield? You know, do we need to do a whole podcast about the greatest player of all time? Because I can talk for an hour about how great Barry Bonds was. But seriously, let me know who you guys want to hear first. I'm interested in it. I was thinking Andrew Jones. I'm down to keep it with Andrew Jones. But I'll throw up a poll, um, you know, along with um, when we tweet out this um, podcast. I'll throw up a poll for you guys so you can tell me who you guys want to hear. Um, keep up with the show and all of my Hall of Fame comment. I content i tweet out a ton about the hall of fame especially with all that's going on right now at ethan badowski on twitter my last name is spelled b-u-d-o-w-s-k-y it's also on the front of um you know on the cover for the big hall talk shout out to my friend Paige Krisky for a beautiful the beautiful updated logo for big hall talk um shout out to eli for the temporary one as well i love that little photoshop but i will be putting up a poll for you guys to decide which case you want to hear first um looking forward to it and we've got a big future here on big hall talk